You know, when it seems like life is crazy and out of control, I'm so thankful that God is in control. And when you read the news, sometimes you're a little rattled and stressed out and worried, fearful. Just remember this, bow the knee. God's in control. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Last week, uh, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about what is love. And we all have a definition of love this morning. I believe that we think we know what love is, but this is God's definition of love. This is the kind of love that God has for us. And I'm thankful for that. Because if God did not love us, we would be in trouble. We love him because he first loved us. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus said, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. It's sad to say that we all probably have had enemies. Maybe you have some enemies now. God tells us how we ought to handle our enemies. The Bible says, first of all, but I say unto you, love your enemies. This is God's kind of love, not our kind of love. And then he says, bless them that curse you. So when people speak evil about you, you're supposed to bless them. You're supposed to speak well of them. Now, usually what people will do when they don't like you, they'll tell their friends some negative things about you. But God says, no matter if they lie about you or whatever they say about you, you need to love them and you need to speak well of them. Then do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, our motivation is not to be nice to them because there's some good in them. Because the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. We do good to them because God tells us to. We do good to them because we understand that they're not relying upon the Spirit of God. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, have not charity, I become as a sounding brass and, or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Now, that last week we looked at, no matter if you have all knowledge and you're the world's greatest speaker and you knew every language, if you don't have love, it doesn't matter. We all need love. Aren't you thankful that God loves us? If God didn't love us, we would be in trouble. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have that charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long. We looked at that. Is patient. Is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Then verse 8, charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer. Father, I'm so thankful this morning that we live in a country where we can gather together and worship you. 
Lord, as we heard sung this morning, bow the knee. Oh, Lord, I pray that every one of us would bow our needs to you, bow our hearts, be open to your Holy Spirit moving and working in our hearts. And Father, I I do pray that um, your will would be done this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The word perilous means dangerous days, evil days, wicked days. Folks, we are here now. And if you've been watching the news at all with Ukraine, we know that we live in the last days. And I saw an article recently where a Baptist pastor was talking about how we live in the last of the last days. And if Jesus Christ would come this morning, I would say, praise the Lord. And, you know, many of us would say, well, I'm not ready to go yet because I have some friends and relatives that aren't saved. I understand that. But what's making the big difference in our hearts and lives right now is the love of God in us. And God desires for us, even though the days are wicked, that we would love one another. People will know that you are different because of our love for each other. First Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four. Charity suffereth long is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up. So we noticed last week that love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. It was interesting that I heard a a Baptist pastor just a couple days ago, and he was preaching for 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And he said he has an office down in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. He has an office above a parking lot, and during the Sunday school hour, he's preparing or getting his heart ready for the morning service. And he said it's interesting watching men and women get out of the car. He said, usually, you know, they'll get out of their car and when they're first married or the first year of their dating, uh, they walk together. Now, I don't want you to point at anybody when I finish this story. But he said, it's interesting that after they've been married a few years, the husband is about three or four feet ahead of the wife. And the wife is um, holding down the diaper bag, clutching a baby. And uh, the the wife is has a little boy clutching on him, and the husband he's three or four feet ahead, and he's getting into the church. And you know what, folks? Love is patient. Love is not arrogant. Love is not arrogant. Charity suffereth long, is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. We live in a world where people think more highly of themselves than they ought to think. The Corinthians thought they were something else. They thought they were better than others. Maybe this morning you think that you're a little bit better because of your education, because your financial status, or because of your background. Folks, We're all the same in the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all sinners saved by grace. I don't know if you've ever heard this story before, but at a busy airport, a man got in line for the customer counter, and he had to wait and wait and wait for the people in front of him to get waited on. And when he finally got up to the customer counter, the lady behind the counter, she um, 
was busy filing some papers, taking a phone call. And so when she finally came up to uh, the desk, he says, ma'am, do you know who I am? She got an intercom system and said, folks, can you please help this man out? He doesn't know who he is. (laughs) You know, folks, that's people's attitude today. Have you ever been in a restaurant before and someone is upset because their service isn't faster? Or you're in traffic and they're honking on their horn? Love is not arrogant. Love does not demand its own way. You see, love realizes that all our gifts and talents and abilities And possessions come from God Almighty. Being puffed up is a form of pride. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Not the person, but to hate evil. Pride, arrogancy, and the evil way. And the forward mouth do I hate. Proverbs 13, verse 10, Only by pride cometh contention. Arrogance is big-headed, love is big-hearted. There's a big difference. And men this morning, what our wives need is real biblical love. What this world needs today is true love, love from God. Humility is a willingness to let others know me as I really am. It's kind of funny when people come into church, you put up the walls and you act like you're perfect. You straighten up your halo a little bit. Folks, we're all sinners saved by grace. We're all in the same boat. There's no one better than anyone else in here. We're all sinners. And it's a good thing we have good days and we act a little bit better than other days. And a real test of our how we really are is at home. Humility is a willingness to let others know me as I really am. Humility is the way that God is attracted to us. Humility is the way we get God's attention. Psalm 34, verse 18, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. The word broken means to be submissive. Submissive to God, submissive to authority. Broken means to be submissive. Contrite means showing sincere remorse. Now, when I would go to a pastor's fellowship, if the conference was two or three days right away, every pastor seemed to have this wall around them. You couldn't really get to know them. But after you were there for two or three days, they kind of let their walls down and you know, they're guard down a little bit, and you find out they're real people. Uh, they're like everybody else. They're sinners. Folks, love is not proud. Love does not behave itself badly, does not behave itself unseemly. Love is not roused up with anger, doesn't get mad easily because you've been offended. Then you get bitter towards others. Real love is kind. Love thinks about others. 
Because true love is considerate. Real love is concerned about the other person. Uh, you're more concerned about their feelings than you are about your hurts. There was a man who, throughout his married life, wasn't very kind, wasn't very considerate. Didn't show a lot of manners. So he wouldn't open the door for his wife. And time after time, someone would say something to him. He said, well, does she have two broken arms? She could open her own door. His wife came down with cancer. It was hard. And she died. It was after at, his, at her funeral and after the funeral, he went out the back doors and he was standing by the hearse. The pallbearers were carrying her casket. The funeral director knew his name and he said to him, he said, Pat, would you open up the door so they could put the hearse in the back or could they could put the casket in the back of the hearse? He opened up that back door of the hearse and it hit him. That was the first time he had ever opened the door for his wife. And regret flooded in because he realized that would be his last time. The person who is intent on having his own way is easily provoked to anger. The love does not seek its own doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. Love does not insist on its own way. The source of every single conflict, whether it's in church or at home, is somebody wants their own way. They think about the conflicts you have at home. It's because somebody wants their own way. And usually it's two people want their own way, and there's friction. Love does not insist on its own way. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. A person that has true biblical love will never say, they're not going to show me what to do. I'm not going to let them tell me what to do. That's not true biblical love. Love is not easily provoked, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. You see, true love is not touchy. Have you ever been around someone that you're afraid to make them mad? You're afraid to set them off? They have a habit or a a reputation of losing their cool. And you're real careful with your words and your actions because you don't want to set them off. Folks, that person doesn't have real love. Proverbs 14, 17. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. So if you have a problem with anger this morning, you have a real problem with love. Love thinketh no evil, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. What is Paul saying? Real love doesn't keep score. It's like the man who was telling another man, he said, every time my wife gets mad, she gets historical. 
And he goes, you, you don't mean historic, you mean hysterical. No, no, historical. I mean, when she gets mad, she begins to build, bring up the past five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. She has a great memory. She gets historical. See, love does not keep score. You say this morning, well, I just can't help it. Yes, you can. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't keep score with us? Because he doesn't forget anything. And he has all the facts right. And he remembers exactly right, but he doesn't say, oh, wait, you're coming to me a prayer and uh, you did this. Well, you, you just did this and you lived in sin here and he doesn't do that. I'm thankful that God doesn't keep score. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Rejoices not in iniquity in verse six. You know, doing wrong is bad enough, but rejoice in the wrong. It's much worse. And that's the kind of society we live in today. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. And most of the programs that are on the television today, they magnify wickedness and then they laugh about it. Folks, sin is not a laughing matter. Sin always destroys. And sin separates. And Jesus died for sin. Romans chapter 15 verse 9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cling to that which is good. So God tells us to abhor that which is evil. Never says to get mad at the sinner. Says hate the sin in that person. Because sin is destructive. Psalm 34 verse 14, depart from evil, do good. Seek peace and pursue it. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearances of evil. Many times we misinterpret this verse. We say, well, I know what that means. It means that if I'm doing something and it appears to be evil, I shouldn't be doing it. No, what it means is when evil shows up, we need to run. Because evil will destroy you. Psalm 97 verse 10, ye that love the Lord hate evil. Real love does not harm others. Love is never glad to hear bad news about other people. You see, what happens when it's about our family and something bad happens, we don't want to tell anybody. But it's about our enemy, well, we'll tell people. It's the most common form of rejoicing in iniquity is called gossip. And folks, we're all guilty of it. Especially if it's an enemy and you hear something bad or maybe uh, it's not true and you're going to spread it because you want to hurt them. Real love doesn't gossip. And love doesn't listen to gossip. Love doesn't enjoy passing on bad news. Love joyfully celebrates the truth. 
rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. I'm thankful that God loves us and his love never changes. You see, it's not based upon how we act or react. I mean, he blesses his enemies. God's love never changes. He joyfully celebrates the truth. In 2 John chapter 2 and verse 6, and this is love, that we walk after his commandments. John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. William Gladstone was the prime minister of England years ago in the 19th century. And he had to deliver a speech to the House of Commons the next day. And so he stayed up late working on this speech, just getting ready to go to bed, two o'clock in the morning. And there was a knock on his door. So his servant went to answer the door. And the servant came back and said, Mr. Gladstone, I know you're getting ready to go to bed and you have an important speech to deliver this morning. But there's a mom and she wants to know if you would go to her house to visit her crippled son who was dying. Mr. Gladstone, without any hesitation, said, I'll go. He put on his hat, his coat, and spent the entire morning with this crippled boy who was dying. And he got to lead the crippled boy to the Lord. You know what made him great? Not that he was an excellent politician, but that he had a great love. Love bears all things. Verse 7, beareth all things. Paul is speaking of those things acceptable in God's righteousness. Beareth basically means to cover or support. Proverbs 10, 12, hatred strip up strife, but love covereth all sins. Love doesn't speak evil of others. You see, love wants to protect. That's what God does for us. If we had real love one for another, we would not want to hurt one another. Uh, husbands would not want to hurt, want to hurt their wives. Proverbs 10, 12, hatred stripped of strife, but love covereth all sins. Anyone can find dirt on a person. Why don't you find gold in someone? Why don't you dig and try to find some good things about someone? Love believes all things, beareth all things, believeth all things. Loving person always believes the best about a person. Folks, we all need love. You see what real love does? When they hear something about someone, they don't believe it. And they speak well of that person. They believe all things. Job's friends weren't that way. Job's friends were not really good friends. They assumed they're worse than Job. And they uh, spent time condemning Job. You, You see, love thinks the best about a person. Love hopes all things, believeth all things, or beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things. 
Now, what does Paul mean about that? No matter what someone has done to you, you have hope that God will work in their heart. And some of you this morning, there are some people that uh, you've been praying for a long, long time. You don't give up on them. You keep praying for them. And maybe they're unsaved, or maybe you're a backslidden son or a daughter. Don't give up on them. If they're alive, keep praying for them and hope for the best. You know, many times God works the very last moment. When we've given up hope on that person, God hasn't. George Mueller had a prayer list and he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for different people to be saved. They get 50 people on that list. Every one of them got saved. Not during his lifetime, the last person to get saved on that list got saved after George Mueller died. Don't give up. Love hopes all things. Verse 7, love endures all things. You see, when you really love someone, you're going to put up with a lot. A real lot. You say, well, you don't understand. Well, God does understand when he wrote this. I mean, it's amazing. A mother that loves her kids, how much she'll put up with. But when you don't love someone, you don't put up with anything. But real love endures all things. It's from a military term. It's talking about some military people that even though they're being attacked, they don't quit. They don't give up. I think about Ukraine and I watch quite a few videos. Lady had a machine gun and she said, I've been in politics for a long time and I would vote against our president but not anymore. I'm fighting for him. He's not the enemy. And folks, we need to realize this morning, people are not the enemy. That person you think in your mind that's evil and wicked and the enemy, they're not the enemy. Because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Folks, the real enemy is not Putin. It's the devil. And the devil would love to destroy your life right now. And if you're not saved, he'd love for you to go to hell. And if you are saved, he wants to destroy your testimony. Because one thing we can do, we can love one another. And we can be that light. We can't control the outcome of what's going on in our world today and what's going on in Washington. But we can shine where we are right now. And so we, we saw the preeminence of love and the practice of love, but the permanence of love. Verse 8, charity or love never faileth. In Romans chapter 12, Paul said, don't be overcome of evil. Don't return evil for evil. Remember what Paul says to do? Overcome evil with good because what Paul was saying is that good is more powerful than evil. 
We all have it wrong this morning. We think if someone's evil towards us, we got to return evil for evil. We just won't talk to them. We'll just uh, say mean things about them. But folks, that will never, ever win. Because God tells us the best weapon we have is love and being good. Love never fails. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecy, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall be vanished away. Years ago, when Abraham Lincoln was the president of the United States, no one was as mean to Abraham Lincoln as Edwin Stanton was. He had posters hung up in the town, and it said Abraham Lincoln was a low, cunning clown. There were other posters that said Abraham Lincoln was the original gorilla. Now, he was mean. Abraham Lincoln never responded. He never attacked back. And when he needed a war minister, he hired Stanton. Man who had been so mean to him, so wicked, so evil towards him, he hired Stanton. When Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, that his body placed in a room in the back waiting for the doctors to come and Satan was there and with tears streaming down his face. He said, there lies the greatest ruler of men the world has ever seen. You've often heard that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Paul said that 1 Corinthians 13 should be a way of life. This is how we should respond. You see, our definition of love is completely different than God's definition of love. Our greatest power, once we're saved, is God's love. That's why in Romans 5, 5, the Bible says that God will fill us with his love. You see, when we have love for God, our love for mankind will grow. Witnessing simply is loving other people and sharing the gospel with them. Praying for others is love. Love generates prayer. Because when we love self, we're not going to pray for others. When we love God, we're going to pray for others. Does your love need a tune-up? You see, when your car isn't running very well and it's shaking and maybe the check-in light comes on, you take it to a mechanic and he tunes it up. I know this, my love needs a tune-up. How's your love? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, no one looking around,
I ask you this morning, allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in your heart. Examine your life. And how many with uplifted hand would say, Pastor, my love needs a tune-up. Would you raise that hand? Folks, my hand's up. My love needs a tune-up. Because my love does not match the love that is presented in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul said all these other things will vanish. Tongues and knowledge. Prophecy. But when we get to heaven, there will be love. Because love never faileth. How do you respond to other people when they hurt you? You see, it's easy what Jesus was saying. I said this. Because the Pharisees taught that if someone loved you, you love them back. And that's easy to do. But a real test of our love is how do we respond when others hurt us?